When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Daughter Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, August 11th, the Please Don't Make Me Play With Them edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's 8, and Teddy, who's 5, and we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Zach Rosen. I make the Best Advice Show podcast. I live in Detroit with my family. My oldest, Noah, is nearly 5, and my youngest, Ami, is almost 2. And my name is Amin Ismail. I live in Newark, New Jersey. I'm a staff writer at Slate Magazine, and this morning... My son pooped so much that it came out of his diaper into the crib and he rolled around in it and it was in his hair. <laughs> Mazel tov. What a great way to start the day. That's wow. my credentials. <laughs> I always thought they should have like badges for parents. I know people make them, the but I think badge. someone should like appear and like give it to you. Like poop in the hair. Like a scout badge? <laughs> like, That's awesome. Cha-ching. Yeah, exactly. Are you ready to hear wow. about all the, the bowel movements? I'm happy to tell <laughs> I'm happy to share. You're in the bowel movement part mm-hmm. of parenting, which weirdly lasts a very long time. <laughs> yeah, their whole lives are here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We never stop talking about them. No. Well, today you're also going to help us answer a question from our letter writer who has a complicated cousin situation. She wants her granddaughter and her ex-husband's adopted daughter to be friends, but it's just not working out. Then on Slate Plus, we're taking a look at The New Yorker's A Toddler Father's Playbook for Answering Tough Questions. It's very cute. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. I'm so deep into the reasonable guess game that I'm actually, it's it's chronic and I need to find a way out. (laughs) Because I don't, maybe I think kids are a little dumb and it's fun to mess with their heads, but when my nephews are asking like dumb questions, I give them dumb answers just because it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think we've reached a point in our relationship where they know I'm kidding and they'll be like, no, it's not. And I'll be like, sure it is. Well, you know, and it's just sort of like a game that's just part of our relationship now. If you want weekly bonus segments from us and your other Slate favorites, consider signing up for Slate Plus. You'll also get to listen ad-free to this and other Slate podcasts and get unlimited access to the Slate website. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash plus. Again, that's slate.com slash plus. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our triumphs and fails of the week. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. We're back and going straight into sharing our parenting triumphs and fails. Amon, we're dying to know how things are going. So do you have a triumph or fail for us this week? I do. Oh, my God. Can I share what happened yesterday? Please. It was the most magical yeah, thing totally. in the world. So uh, Musa started daycare about a month ago. He goes three days a week. It's about from 8 a.m. till around 6 o'clock or like 5.30. Game changer. Oh, my God. It's such a game changer. It's amazing. <laughs> and uh, the best part, uh, I was always dropping him off, but it was always stained by the experience of having him cry and crawl, like try to claw and sink his nails into my skin so that I don't hand him off like a, like a koala. But... This time, yesterday, for the first time, he not only was willing to go to daycare, but he opened his arms mm. and almost mm -hmm. jumped into the arms mm -hmm. of the teacher. Aww. And he was happy to go. And you could see they were smiling. And it was just, it just gave me that relief. It's, that's what I wanted daycare to be. I wanted to be able to just yes. give him to somebody yes. that I trust who will give him that attention that I can't when I'm yep. working. And it's just, it's, it felt so satisfying. But I will say that I today found out why he's so excited to go. <laughs> they are, without permission, feeding him cupcakes and McDonald's and chicken fingers and fries and all that stuff that me and my wife thought we would never feed him, not at least for a while. <laughs> and so I have these mixed feelings now. Now we're at the stage where we're like, well, it's, it's not us giving it to him. We're not going to protect him from McDonald's forever. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And if it'll help him mm -hmm. feel more excited about going to daycare and spending three days a week mm -hmm. there, that's a good thing. That's a net positive for us. Uh, but it would have been nice if they asked. That's all. Is this, they're, they're like the catering lunches with McDonald's or what's happening? They decided that this was a special week that they were going to have uh, like hat day, or, but it was going to last the whole week. So everybody was going to wear hats. And I thought that was it. That's what they asked me to do is bring a hat for my son. And I did. But then they sent us pictures and they're all sitting there with trays of like chicken nuggets and, and fries and they log what they've eaten. And they didn't feed him the dinner that we gave him. They fed him McDonald's uh, chicken fingers and fries. <laughs> and I don't eat fast food. I haven't eaten fast foods in so long. And to me, that idea just feels gross and nasty. And I've seen too many posts where they show the McDonald's after like three decades and it's exactly the same. Looks the same, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. Mm, mm, and and now it's in my son, <laughs> which might explain the bowel movements, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. As long as he doesn't like stop eating at home and like demands chicken nuggets and all that, that's <laughs> just chicken it's fine. nuggets. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Did you see this piece in 
McSweeney's earlier this summer called My Favorite Controlled Substances Daycare. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'll, I'll just read I'll just read the first paragraph because it's so funny and we'll put it in our show notes. Forget snorting that snoo and huffing that nugget. This is the real <laughs> stuff. It's expensive, it's addictive, it's impossible to get your hands on, and the government definitely doesn't want you to have it. It's called daycare. The first time I tried daycare, my kid contentedly tucked into the care of someone who was experienced, trained, and entirely not me. It gave me such a high, I made the bed, rinsed out the entire milk carton before tossing it in the recycling, and clicked yes when an email asked if I supported their efforts to mitigate the risks of climate change. And it goes on, and it's so right on for for anyone um, who ha- who's just feeling that high like you are of a uh, <laughs> fresh dose of daycare. We need the sound effect of like... Uh, Oh man, daycare. Yes. <laughs> Feel alive. <laughs> Zach, so <laughs> do you have a triumph or fail for us this week? <laughs> I have a triumph. I have reservations about sharing it because it was such a triumph, but I would want to hear about this if if another parent experienced it. So I, I don't want to, I'm trying to, to just uh, brush the guilt away. <laughs> But I just took a five-day vacation with my wife without my damn kids. Whoa. And holy shit. Jealous. Whoa. Talk about a favorite <laughs> controlled substance. Like, first of all, I just have to give a shout out to the grandparents. We have six grandparents that all live here. Thank you, divorce. Um, <laughs> and, and so they split the kids up. Each pair took like the kids for a day or two days. So they didn't burn out. And my wife and I went to visit my cousin in Telluride, Colorado, like the most beautiful small town in America. We just hiked and cooked and ate Whoa. and walked around. I read a book. What? And read it out on the porch looking at a mountain. It was, I just, I, I know I sound like a broken record on the show because I've talked about this before, but if there is anything you can do to lean on the people in your life, to just take your kids, maybe for an hour, maybe for a week, but it's going to help your marriage. It's going to help you fill up your cup as a parent. I just won't be as effective of a parent if I don't get some time alone or, or, or alone with my wife. Like this is such a rejuvenating gift that that the grandparents gave us. And I just so hope that um, you can somehow figure out a way to do that yourself. Like your kids will be fine if they're in the hands of of people that love them. If you haven't done it before, maybe try breaking the seal and just like do it for, mm. again, short period of time. Is there a, like a learning curve involved here? I, I feel like, do you need to sit with each of those grandparents and show them how you do things and how you mix the milk or any of that? Do you just drop the kids off and say, see you later? Similar to McDonald's at daycare, it's like, as long as they are being loved, your parents have some experience parenting, um, unless there's some very specific things that we, I mean, like, you know, Ami has like allergies a, or something yeah, like something life threatening nighttime routine. But no, I, w- I would say the, 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 the quick and easy answer is just drop them off. Um, as, as long as you trust these people, drop them off. Um, and yeah, we, we made a Google Doc. I'm not going to lie, mm. but it was not very long. And it was a lot longer last year when Ami was still on bottles and stuff. So the older they get, the shorter the Google Doc becomes. So sick. Do you feel like too? Because like with babysitters, I always am like, here's what we do. But what I want to come home to is, like, safe children. Mm. Even if I had said, this is bedtime and this is this, if I come home and you're all on the couch watching a movie and it's 930, but everybody is, like, happy, safe, healthy, and you were like, hey, we tried this and it was a giant mess and I did this and now we're all happy, I 
I feel great about that, right? The goal is yep. for them to have a good time so that I don't worry when I'm out. But this is where my my triumph wrapped in a fail, fail wrapped in a triumph fits right here. I last week had all three kids at zoo camp. We we like go out and get a babysitter, but I have never had like a week where my kids, all three kids are somewhere that is not with me. So I had like a lot of anxiety. I picked up on Monday. It was like glowing reviews from all three counselors. Picked up on Tuesday, (laughs) glowing reviews. Wednesday I show up and Teddy is under a picnic table and his counselor is standing there and she says, we've had a rough day. (laughs) She said, he's been under this table since snack. And I said, morning snack or afternoon snack? <laughs> she was like, she's like, afternoon snack. I'm like, all right. Okay. She's okay. like, he just completely refused to come with us this afternoon. And I was like, okay. And at this point, Teddy kind of like sh- runs off. I run after him. I catch him. I bring him back. You know, and I, I said to him, um, I'm not mad, but we do need to talk to your counselor because I want to understand what happened. We all have bad days. Don't worry about it. So his counselor says that um, they were sitting on the wallet snack. He was eating his snack. And when it was over, they asked him to pick up his water bottle. And he just crossed his arms and was like, no. And they said, you need to get off the wall and get your water bottle. And he then screamed at them, my body, my choice, and went under the picnic table. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, man. now I'm amused, <laughs> you know, as well. Um, He exerted his Fifth Amendment. That's hilarious. (laughs) So on one hand, it's like, okay, he hears what I'm I'm telling him. His application is inappropriate. Uh, You know, he got in the car. We we had had friends come in and we were going to go to get ice cream. And when we got to the car, he says, like, do I not get ice cream now? And I said, well, no, we're going for ice cream. That was like the uh, planned event. It wasn't like if you're good at camp, right? It was just Mm -hmm. we totally get to have ice cream. We show up at the ice cream place and his preschool teacher is there. He's like, Teddy, what are you doing? And um, he's like, Mr. Jason, I am at camp. And he's like, how's camp going? And he's like, it's rough. So I, you know, we had ice cream. It's totally fine. Turns out he felt like the water bottle that he had was really heavy because it's like a long day. You know, carrying it around preschool was one thing. So we got a smaller water bottle. We had a great Thursday, a great Friday. We just chalked it up to like people have bad days. Uh, <laughs> lots of good conversations yeah. about that. But I feel like it w- it was good. I hate that feeling of like showing up and and. Just know, you know, the minute I saw him under the picnic table, it's like, well, (laughs) not going to be a glowing report today. (laughs) But we survived it. There are so many worse ways to to deal. You can learn to to not run from his problems later. (laughs) Exactly. It's okay to have a bad day. (laughs) But listeners, I think all of this to say, do what Zach did. Do what Amon did. Turn your kids over to someone else. And even if it goes badly, you'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Chicken nuggets are worth the price of the freedom that you have right now. (laughs) All in all, it only took me like 15 minutes to clean the poop out of his hair. So worth it (laughs) (laughs) to have a whole day. Worth it. Yes. Yeah. Worth it. Yes. Well, let's take another quick break. And when we come back, we will get into today's listener question. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox. 
and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into today's listener question. It's being read, as always, by the fabulous Shasha Leonard. Dear mom and dad, my 12-year-old granddaughter, we'll call her Mary, who often stays with me for long stretches, can be very difficult, to put it kindly. She's been diagnosed with ADHD and oppositional defiance disorder. She has a mind and will of her own, and it's a challenge to get her to do anything she doesn't want to do. The dilemma at hand is my former husband's 13-year-old adopted daughter. We'll call her Jane. My ex and I are very close friends, like brother and sister, and see each other frequently. Jane is visiting her dad for the summer. Jane is a bright girl, but has Asperger's, and comes across as very awkward and immature. E.g., she carries a lifelike baby doll around. She's desperate to spend time with someone her own age and wants to hang out with Mary, who flatly refuses. It's embarrassing and hurtful, to say the least. We've tried everything from bribes to threats, trying to appeal to her sense of empathy. She has none. All to no avail. When they do happen to see each other, Mary is sullen and keeps her face on her phone. I'm angry that Mary is not only hurting her cousin, who will only be here a few weeks, but she's also putting me in an awkward position of having to give excuses. I've explained to my ex that there's nothing I can really do to force her to be friends with Jane, but I can see that he feels bad about this. Any suggestions? Thanks. Cousin Troubles. It really is tough. I mean, you can't really force them to be friends, but you want to do as much encouragement as you can possible. Uh, but at this point, I think it's okay to choose your battles and set your expectations a little bit lower. Uh, you don't have to just want to put in a little bit of work and then all of a sudden they're friends, right? It's, uh, it's not going to be that simple. So I, don't, I think maybe lower the bar for yourself a little bit. Maybe try other avenues of getting them to hang out. Maybe they can participate in one activity together. Maybe they can go to the zoo together. Maybe they can do things out in the world that are away from their house, away from their toys, away from their, their gadgets that will make them more engaged in what's in front of them. Even if it isn't the person, if they can both engage in the same thing, I found that to be really effective. And, you know, um, it's, it's really funny. My nephews are twins. And so they are really attached to each other. And they, they really are having a hard time responding to the world around them if it doesn't directly involve the other twin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can walk into the room and say, hey, what's up, blah, blah, blah. And they're just playing with each other. They're not even looking at you. And that's their world. You can try and like force yourself in the room, have them, like I've tried to make them play with my son, Musa, who doesn't get a lot of time uh, with a lot of other babies. And these are his cousins. I want, it's like really important to me that they become friends. But because of their state, I found that trying to make them look at each other just makes them stick to their guns more. And that the resistance you get makes everything harder and messy. Uh, but once I, you know, calmed myself down, made the active choice to decide not to make the bar so high for myself. I don't need to make them best friends right away. But if I can get them to... Like if I can introduce a new toy at the same time and everybody kind of comes together and plays with it, that's good enough for right now. So uh, I would, that would be my advice. Maybe take them out of their element, give them something else to focus on that's not each other. Th this one was a head scratcher to me because it just seems like this is such a 
it's a it's a tough one and i really like the notion of lowering your expectations and and maybe lowering it to like this just might not work out is as crappy as that is but i i i do like maybe the idea of if mary um has a friend who they do like to hang out with maybe there could be like a a nice kind of triangle situation where it doesn't have to be one-on-one um or it could be you know three people or a small group and a movie in particular might be good Mm -hmm. because they might share some interests in that sense and they don't have to talk during it but they can kind of do it together so i know you've said uh bribes haven't worked but just offering to to take them out to the movies might be a, a decent start where the expectations for interaction are basically zero but they're they're at least in a room together so that could be the start of a beautiful friendship but also it might be the last time they hang out and as as crappy as that is that that might just have to be okay no i agree with both of you that like the expectations here are off i i really feel for this situation because when you have neurodivergent children um which i have some experience with i i don't think to this degree but you can't always function with them like you function with a neurotypical child like the the kind of things particularly with operational defiance disorder um which i see glimpses of with henry when he's in one of his pandas flares we have he is not has not been diagnosed with operational defiance disorder, but we have stuff that displays like that because their brain is actually working to, to push back on everything you're asking them to do and to double down when you're trying to do these things. So I, I think the first thing that you can do is that in order to have a better relationship with Mary, because to me, the letter sounds like you are so frustrated here that you feel like Mary is a bad person. When in fact, what you have is a child that is that is just not neurotypical, and so um, there's something called parent management therapy that I I would really encourage you to go read about. And this is kind of how they encourage um, parents of operationally defiant children to to learn to manage them and help them. And it you're basically using a bunch of positive reinforcements to decrease the unwanted behavior and largely kind of ignoring or not even recognizing the bad behavior because they mm. get so much feedback from that, that mm. every time you're like, well, you're not doing this or you're like this, you're feeding that thing inside of them that feels good. And so what you have to do is really highlight these moments. So so if you get a movie or some other thing together, instead of saying, these are all the things you didn't do for your cousin, what you can say is, I really appreciate that you sat in the room with her. And here is a reward for that. I really appreciate that you, you know, took two minutes before you used your phone. Um, Like whatever those small moments are that you see and just highlight those. And I think that what you will see is that if the only reinforcement they're getting is positive reinforcement and they're never getting negative reinforcement, they're going to seek that 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 affirmation from doing positive things. Mm. It is a long road. It is not going to happen right away. I think, though, expecting Mary to be particularly empathetic is just not something that is going to happen at this moment where they are. Mm-hmm. And so you are really setting her up for failure. And then all these things you are doing are, are, you know, feeding that, like, I'm a bad person. I don't do this, which is kind of where operational defiance comes from. Those are the internal monologues that are happening. So I think if you can reframe that, I love the idea of like an activity 
I think that you definitely need um, what what works really well a lot of times with neurodivergent children are um, like boundaries that apply all the time. So like if the phone is an issue, you need to have a boundary with the phone that applies whether you're with a cousin or a friend or whatever it is. And then go do an activity with them where the expectation is the same thing it always. You know, I expect for the first 30 minutes that you do not use your phone. And after 30 minutes, you will get your phone. Like that, that is just how we operate every time we go out. Choose an activity, go out with them. That's your only expectation, right? Is that they do not use the phone for 30 minutes and that they are like polite. That doesn't mean they have to like them or be friends. There's a really great TikTok going around from a teacher that's kind of like, let me show you how to dislike someone. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> like, here is what the thing that you need. Like, I don't need to say anything else. And I almost feel like that's kind of what you need here. You need to be in a situation where they can be together and nobody mm. is doing anyone any harm. Um, but you just can't force people to like uh-uh. people. Like, I just think as an adult, like, we all have people exactly. that are in our circles that we Name are them. with all the time, and they are not our favorite person. And that is perfectly okay, <laughs> right? And nobody saying, like, I need you to be more empathetic to this person is going to make me like them or want to spend time with them. I love the idea of bringing a friend because mm-hmm. I think that the friend may be able to be more empathetic and that modeling is excellent. Um, I think anything you can do to, to set things up for success. But I also want to say, like, poor Jane here is continuously kind of exposed to this person that is not a good relationship for her either. Yeah. So yeah. even if their cousin's like, let's find better people for Jane to be friends with. <laughs> you can always try again when they're older. Yeah, I th- I think continued like these people are in your orbit, mm-hmm. right? Like that yeah. should continue. Um, and I actually really like kind of the twin analogy, which is like, hey, we're going to keep being here and being present. This person is going to be in your orbit, but I'm not going to like if they didn't play together today, then like this was a disaster and my feelings right. are hurt. It's like no, this is how kids are. I I don't want to sound mean to our dear letter writer, but like you need a little more empathy for for Mary, I think, and what your expectations are of her and how to set her up for success so that you can feel proud of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cousin trouble, good luck. We all I think we all feel like this is a real um we really feel for you. I don't know, family things are hard cuz you feel mm-hmm. like like it's family. It's different than someone that you can just cut loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope some of this advice helped. But if you, anybody out there, has thoughts on how to handle this situation, please write to us or send us a voice memo. You can, of course, also email us with your parenting questions. And that email address is slate.com. And that's it for our show. We'll be back in your feeds bright and early on Monday. We'll be answering another question. And of course, we'll have recommendations. While you're at it, please subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Christy Taiwo Macanjula and Zach Rosen. For Amon Ismail and Zach Rosen, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.